praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. I don't think God is done in this service. So let me tell you where there is. Let me tell you how to get there. Are you ready? Psalms chapter 76, verse number 1. See if you've ever heard this before. In Judah. Is God known? You want to go there? You want to meet him there? In Judah. Is God known? You want to know how to get there? In Judah, is God known? His name is great in Israel. The way to get there, the way to experience what is there, is in Judah, is God known? I remind you, Judah is praise. You want to know where God is? He's in praise. You want to get to where God is? It's in praise. You want to see God manifested? It's in praise. He inhabits. He dwells in. He manifests himself in the praises of his people. Stay standing, sit down, do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Part two, I guess it might be. But I've come to tonight to remind you and maybe get somewhere else that in Judah, in Judah, is, somebody say is, it's guaranteed, it is established that in praise God is known. The word Judah again means to give thanks. It means to laud, to praise, to confess, to confess the name of God. There has been some praising going on here tonight. That's why we are experiencing what we experience. And that's why we are feeling what we feel in this place. But I've come to challenge all of us again. And some of you are fresh and anew. What you're looking for, you can find it pretty easily in praise. God is known in praise. You need to experience God, praise. You need God to manifest in your life, praise. You need God to show up, give God some place to show up. In Judah, in praise, is God known. Listen. Listen to what the word known means. It's not talking about a... I know who the president is. 
I know I could name some movie stars and some sports celebrities. I know who they are. But this word know is not just simply talking about a knowledge of. But the word known in Judah is God known. It means to know by experience. It means to recognize. It means to be acquainted. It means to be made known. It means to be or to become known. It means to be revealed. It means to wake oneself known. It means to be perceived. It means to cause to know. So when it says in Judah is God known, it's not that in Judah there's just a head knowledge and intellectual knowledge of God, but in Judah there is an experiential knowledge that that is where God is manifested I preach to some people tonight it's been too long since you've gotten lost in praise but if you just get lost in praise you would experience recognize be acquainted God would be revealed in your praise pulpit commentary says by known is meant freshly made known freshly made known revealed as it were anew by the recent wonderful deliverance revealed as it were anew this isn't where I'm going Lord willing I'll get there tonight in a few moments but if I don't get any farther than this, and it's not much farther than I got last week, so be it. To be known, to, to meant freshly made known, revealed as it were anew. I don't mean to be unkind. There's a time and a season. The, the, the wise man said in Ecclesiastes in chapters 3, to everything there's a time. There is a time to weep. There is a time to cry. There is a time to mourn. There is a time for those things. But I've come to challenge somebody. For some of you, it's time to dry up some tears. It's time to put the mourning away. It's time to put the sorrow away. And it's time to get yourself lost in a place, place of praise. Because that is where he will be revealed anew to you. I know there's a season and a time to pray. Brother Smith touched on it last night. We know how to pray. We know how to war. We know how to intercede. But I tell you, at least for Antioch Central, I believe that we are in a season right now where the Holy Ghost is calling us afresh and anew to Judah. Because if we can get in Judah, if we could be a Judah, then God is going to be known in Judah. I 
I, 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 I'm not trying to repeat. I don't even remember what all I said last week, so I'm not purposefully repeating anything. Just saying, I guess, a few things here that, that maybe the Holy Ghost wants repeated, but some of you have come to the place you've made praise about personality. You've made it about what you are comfortable doing and what you're not comfortable doing. There is no place in Scripture that gives us the idea that praise is about my preference and praise is about my feelings and my opinions and my personality. I was made to praise. I was made to worship. I was created for the purpose of exalting and lifting up his name. And I readily admit and understand that there are some of you that due to very legitimate physical issues, you are limited in how you can praise. But the bottom line is no matter what your physical condition is, you can find some kind of way to praise. You might not be able to do much more than just wave a hand a little bit. You might not be able to do much more than just tap a toe for a few minutes. You might not be able to dance like others dance. You might not be able to run the aisles. But if you'll do something as an act of praise, the scripture says, God will be known. I felt it before. I felt it here tonight. It feels like all night long we have been so close to just breaking through something, to just stepping into where God is known. And I'm not trying to be unkind, but I'm going to say it again. Some of you have made praise all about you and what you want to do. I read it last week. I don't intend to read it again tonight. But the psalmist simply said, let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to notice, please, the certainty of what the psalmist says. There is no room left that it's a possibility. There is no room for question. There is no room for wondering. The psalmist says, he declares plainly in Judah, God is known. In Judah, is, 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 not might, not might be known. Might, it's not that he might show up. It's not that he might possibly be there. But the psalmist said, in Judah, is. I think part of the reason the psalmist said that is because what we read last week, this is paraphrased from the way the scripture says it exactly, but he inhabits the praise of his people. He comes and sits down where praise is, not to sit down to rest and relax, but he comes to sit down to rule, to do something. When I praise, God can't help but being drawn to my praise. 
when I truly praise, God can't help but realizing there's a place for me to sit. And I'm going to go sit down where there's something for me to inhabit. And when I inhabit that place, I'm not just going to sit to take it in, but I'm going to give something back. I, I, I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to come across wrong. But please, please, please do not tell me about personality and praise. Don't tell me about personality and praise. You're looking at a pretty unexcitable guy. I'm not loud. I'm not boisterous i'm not demonstrative on a daily basis i'm not one of those guys that goes to a ball game even for my favorite team and acts like a bunch of other people act that's not me sorry you got the wrong pastor to use the personality card sorry that's just your personality. Ah, wrong answer. <laughs> Not this one. Not this reserved, stubborn. But I recognize where God is. I recognize where God is. And if I know where God is and I know how to get God where I am, then let's forget about what I'm comfortable with. Let's forget about what fits my personality. I just want to forget about all of that long enough because if I can create a habitation, I am guaranteed that God will show up. I'm just going to tell you, some of you, what you need, what you've been trying to get for days and weeks and months, you're going to get it a whole lot quicker in Judah than you are in praying for your need. I know we ask for those that have a need and we pray. We're going to keep doing that. The Bible tells us to do that. But I'm sorry, the majority of the time when we do that, when we say, if you've got a need, lift your hand, we're going to pray for you. Your mind is focused on the need. When your mind is on the need, the need becomes bigger than the problem. It's been a long time. I don't remember when he first did it, but I'll, I'll steal Bishop Wright's uh, 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 analogy. Brother, Brother Jonathan Boyer, take a couple of steps forward, please. Standing right here, do you know that my hand is bigger than Jonathan? In fact, I can't even see him. My hand is so big brother right that's ridiculous your hand is not that's just your perspective when you sit back worried only about your need you've got a really big problem and a little god but what i realize is the closer i get to jonathan all of a sudden 
I start to realize, you know what? My problem is not bigger than my God. <laughs> my hand is very small in comparison to him. When I'm at a distance, my problem is big and my God is small. But the closer I get to him, the bigger he becomes and the smaller my problem is. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't get from here to there. By oh God, I need you. Oh God, my problem needs you. Oh God, I need you to help me. I need you to deal with my sickness, deal with my family, deal with my finances. Nothing changes. What changes is when you begin to realize, God, in spite of what I'm facing, you are bigger. In spite of what I'm going through you are stronger you are greater you are higher you are the most high next thing I know I'm pretty close to God and my problem is so small somebody why don't you get next to a big God right now Hey, Hallelujah!
I, I, I don't, I promise you, God only knows, ultimately only God can judge. I have no desire, I do not want to simply force a message here tonight. I don't want to miss God in any way by not just simply shutting my mouth and let you go. But I really... I feel like I have a, I said it last week and I didn't get there. I feel like I have a prophetic word from God. Because, because this is not just about us. This message is not just so we can have more exciting, more enjoyable services. Listen, I I, I admit, there's nothing worse than a dead Pentecostal church service. Listen, I've been to other churches that were dead, and that's what I expected. That's what I figured it would be. That's one thing. But when you come to a dead apostolic church, that can drive you crazy. Because an apostolic church shouldn't be dead. I don't mean we're bouncing off the walls every time. I don't mean we're demonstrative like we are every time. But every time, God ought to be flowing and moving and doing something. But it's not about just us. Several weeks, months, I don't even remember where it was, when it was, what the setting was. There was some verses that I heard, I read, I don't remember which one it was. But they stuck in my spirit and I believe they tie in to this message. I, I, want, you to, I want you to see something. In just a second. I don't know how many of you have heard. I don't really know much about it. I've heard about it before, but I don't know much about it. There is a series on National Geographic called The Story of God. Morgan Freeman is the narrator, the one that's the interviewer or whatever on the show. I don't know how recent... The impression I get that this is one of the recent episodes. And in one of the recent episodes, he visited in Arizona, not just any Pentecostal church, but the show, the story of God, went to a united Pentecostal church. I've only seen about five minutes of, the, of this, this, this particular episode. There is a lady that apparently is kind of the focal point of the episode. She is from Pakistan. She is a Pentecostal that came to this country from Pakistan. Morgan Freeman sat in a Pentecostal church service as a part of the show. Now, there, he, he made a statement on there. Something along the lines of what he's noticed is that to every religion, their truth is the truth. 
Now, I don't agree with that statement because I believe that there is ultimately a truth. And that that truth is not just the truth created by a religion. So I'm not endorsing all of it by any stretch. But at the conclusion, I guess, and again, this is about five, what I saw was about a five-minute clip of what I am assuming is a full episode. At the conclusion of sitting through a Pentecostal service, I want you to hear what Morgan Freeman says after that service. was quite a powerful experience. I could feel the energy in that space. Normal people suddenly transformed by some power. And then just as suddenly returned to normal. But Pentecostals believe that they are bringing heaven down to earth. Now, whatever it is, once they felt that power, they're not the same. Experience changes them. How they see themselves, how they relate to others, how they live their lives. I'm sorry, but as best I could tell, that wasn't scripted. And as best I could tell, with a little spiritual discernment, you could sense a man that was stirred by what he just experienced. Because he said the Pentecostals think they bring heaven. They bring heaven down to earth, and we do, because in Judah is God known. Hallelujah. Did you hear? He said they have an experience, and that experience changes their lives. Now, I got to tell you, Pentecostals, apostolics have gotten some bad press before, but that ain't no bad press right there. And here, here is what I believe God is wanting to do and I'm just going to say probably amongst all but I'm just saying for us is where I believe I have a rhema it's written word but it's a rhema Zechariah chapter 8 and verse number 20 thus saith the Lord of hosts it shall come to pass that there shall come people and inhabitants of many cities And the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, 
let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and pray before the Lord. Now here it is. There ain't, no, there ain't no tongues and interpretation needed right now. I am reading to you a prophetic word to this church right now. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. In those days, and I believe those days are the days when God is known in Judah. In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, and here is why. here you're going to church and I'm going with you I hear you're going to the house of God take me with you and this is the reason why because we have heard that God is with you let me tell you let me tell you the evangelistic effort for 2017 in Antioch Central. Let's do that and let's see what God does when people hear. I've heard that God is with you. Take me where God is. Just to give you a little application, I know I'm reading a prophetic word. I understand that word, but I also believe the greatest rhema we can have is a cricket quickened word from the word. Ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew. That's us, spiritually speaking. That's us, spiritually speaking. Spiritually speaking, the Jew is us. The converts from among the Gentiles shall be to the Jews as ten to one. That's our problem right there. You know why? Because we tried to win people. We've tried to get people. Come. No, when they hear about your God. I'm not, I'm not relieving us from the role and responsibility of evangelism and reaching all. But I got to tell you what we're, we're doing ain't working real well. And the prophet said there'd come a point that 10 people, forget just trying to get, we had one guest during service, seven that got here a little late. Forget seven guests for a congregation. 
We had 184, I think, here this morning as adults, not counting our kids in Arnold. 184 here this morning. That tells me if somehow on Sunday morning in Arnold we could get God known, that's 1,800 people that would grab a hold of somebody and say, I've heard about your God. Take me there. If, if that's not enough, listen to what the commentary says. But ten may here signify a greater number without comparison. And from this scripture it appears as if the Jews converted to God should be the instruments of converting many Gentiles. Catching hold of the skirt is a gesture naturally unused to entreat assistance and protection. So as I said already, I say again, God being known in Judah is not just so we can say we had a good service, not so we can say God moved tonight, not so we can say we experienced something within the walls of a sanctuary, but if somehow God can be known, then God is able to get a hold of some people that say, I've heard about your God, I've heard where your God is, I've heard you Pentecostals know how to bring hell down to earth I'm going to say it tonight again what I said last week I would much rather our guests come and leave and say I will never be back because those people are crazy than to come and sit through a service and leave and say I will never be back because that's the same thing I've seen every place else I've been why don't we stop worrying about what our guests are going to think and just worry about what he thinks and let him draw as he said he would how much Jameson Fawcett and Brown listen, listen, listen I pray by the help of God there would be some faith released in this sanctuary right now how much larger are God's infinite mercies than man's narrow conceptions I just got to tell you, I'm tired of being happy about five or six guests. Thankful, yes. Satisfied, no. I'll tell you like I tell, told the elders a couple times now, I'm in a whole different situation than I've been in the last seven years. Because I'm not just the guy behind the pulpit trying to encourage or direct everybody else. I'm back on the front lines with you. I'm thankful for five, six. I think since I've been back, we've been back in Arnold, we've averaged five guests a week, about five guests a week. Thank God for those precious five people. Thank God for it. But God's infinite mercies are greater than man's narrow conceptions. Too often even the Lord's people limit the powers of the Holy One of Israel to the petty measure of their own puny abilities. What is marvelous, yea, even impossible in the eyes of men, is nothing marvelous or impossible with God. Nothing is impossible or even hard, but everything is sure to come to pass which God hath premised. Everything, everything, 
everything. And however hard to conceive so wonderful and universal a conversion as that of Israel and of the nations may appear now in our present low state of Christianity, the same almighty spirit which moved upon the dark waters of creation can cause the spiritual light of the glorious gospel of Christ to shine over the whole earth from Jerusalem and Jerusalem can be symbolic of the church so I declare tonight that throughout Anne Arundel County and on the eastern shore and in southern part and the northern part and into PG County and DC and into Baltimore that we've got a God that is able to shine some light that is able to draw people from all languages all tribes all tongues all backgrounds all economic statuses all walks of life that when they hear that where you are God is known two more passages and I'm done preaching and then it's up to you to do what you want to do Isaiah 60 and verse 1 arise Shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover thee, and gross darkness the people. Dear God, do you need anything else? What a great time to be living. I, I, I don't think they're here tonight. If you're watching, I'm not trying to be offensive to you and I'm not calling your name. So it's only you and I that know. But I said to somebody this morning after service, I greeted them. How you doing? Good to see you. How you doing? And they responded and said, you know what? Actually, I got to tell you, I'm just really struggling with this political stuff. And my flesh, my flesh understands. Uh, But I sure hope. That you and I have the ability to set the flesh aside and see that, you know what? We've got not just darkness, but we've got some gross darkness. But, somebody say it with me emphatically, but there's darkness and gross darkness, but... The Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be upon thee. I understand it's got a little different context, but I think there's a principle. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw. So he said, I'm going to arise over you, and when I rise over you, I'm going to pull some up to me. And the Gentiles, the unbeliever, the sinner, shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see. All they gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy son shall come from far and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Is there anything too hard? for God is there anything too hard for God 
How about we just take some limits off? How about we let go of our past experiences and the frustrations of 2016 and the frustrations of 2015 and the frustrations of 2014 and 13 and 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 99, 98, 89, 88, 87, 86, 85, 84, 83, 82, 81, 80, 79, 78, 77, 76, 75, 74, 73, 72, 71, 70, which is the birth of Antioch, the apostolic church. Why don't we let go of all of that and just make up our minds that in 2017, if we can just get ourselves connected in Judah, that God is going to be known in Judah. And when God is known in Judah, People are going to say, take me there. Last passage, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 41. Moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel. Concerning the stranger that's not a part of the church. But cometh out of a far country for thy name's sake. Thy name's sake. For they shall hear of thy great name and of thy strong hand and of thy stretched out arm when he shall come and pray toward this house. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for. For that all people of the earth may know Thy name to fear thee as do thy people Israel. And they may know that this house which I have builded is called by thy name. It's not about Antioch. It's not about Arnold. It's not about Bowie. It's not about Deal. It's not about Annapolis. It's not about Pasadena, the eastern shore. It's not about the name of an individual house. But it's about your great name. So if somehow we can just get back to the place of God being known in Judah. People are going to know about God and want to experience God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I wonder if we could make a pact tonight. I wonder if we could make an agreement tonight that when we gather together on Sunday mornings, wherever that is, and when we come here together on Sunday night, and even on Thursday nights when the format's a little bit different and the focus is a little bit different, that we're going to make up our minds every chance we get that we are going to establish praise, and we are going to establish a spirit of praise because if we do that, we've got the guarantee that God is going to be made known, and when God is made known. I'm, is anybody beside me tired of? I, I, I know I, I, whatever. I, I, I'm, there's no point even qualifying. Anybody tired of the struggle? Tired of the of the fight? 
instant, if you will, of evangelism and souls. I'm, t- I'm going to say it again. I, I, whether you believe it or not, I'm just going to say it. I believe when I came across this, whatever it was recently, that God quickened it to me as a word from us. The Lord of hosts says, in those days, it will come to pass that ten men, Oh, I know we can't even get one to come. I know we can't even get one person to come to church. But he said, ten men are going to say, take me, take me, take me. Ten to one. Ten to one. We had five to 184 this morning. That problem they had in Baltimore, according to that, would be a major problem. They couldn't even get enough altar workers for how many people roughly in that altar? 20 people. He said 10 to 1. But you know what? On the day of Pentecost, they did not have 3,000 skilled, trained, qualified altar workers. They didn't have Brother Mott and Brother Whaley and some of these guys that have a gift of praying people through and we need it. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come and 3,000 people were standing there and they said, what does this mean? And what did we do? Peter said, just repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and receive the Holy Ghost. And without a formal altar call, without a bunch of altar workers, on the first day of the church, 3,000 people were added to the church. That was then, Brother Wright, and this is now. Don't tell me we expect that the next computer we buy and the next phone we buy and the next car we buy and the next piece of technology we buy to be better than the last one. Faster, quicker, more memory, more this, more that, better picture on the TV screen, better sound on the stereo system, better quality in the headphones, more options on the keyboard, better quality on the guitar. Don't tell me we expect every one of those things to get better with each new addition and somehow we got a God that the best he could do happened on the first day of this. I don't believe it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if there's ever been a time somebody needed to know where God was, it's 2017. I'm going to say it again. I'm not, I know we need to pray. We're doing prayer meetings on one night a week. You need to be praying on your own. Oh, and we need to pray. Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, I'm going to say it again right now. For Antioch Central, prayer is not the greatest need. Oh, y'all quiet on me. Quiet on me. Prayer is not our greatest need right now. We know how to pray. I am, I am absolutely certain that if I said right now, I need you to pray and I need you to intercede, I guarantee you in about 30 seconds. 
this place would be charged with prayer warriors interceding. But how is it that I can tell you, let everybody praise the Lord, and about 50% of you will still sit there and basically do nothing? So I say again, prayer is not the need here right now. The need here right now is a bunch of people that would just make up their mind. It's not another prayer meeting I need right now. It's not another spout of bout of intercession. It's not another fast. But what I need is just to give God some place to show up. And if I'll give God some place to show up, He will reveal. He will manifest. He will demonstrate. He will do what it is he knows how to do. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done preaching. I'm done preaching. I don't mean to be offensive, but it sure is sad. The only one going around here is somebody that's got to do it in a wheelchair. If he's got the confidence and the faith, surely somebody else has something to give. We're not done. If you got to go, I know it's after eight. If you got to go, you got to go. Brother, I want Brother Mott to share with what he just shared. And then I want you to respond if you've got the faith. Hallelujah. When Pastor Wright was beginning to give the prophetic word brother and sister gross stepped out and they caught my eye when they stepped out and the holy ghost said there's this was before he i didn't know what he was going to do before he read it the holy ghost said they are stepping into the prophetic ten to one Anybody else want to step into the prophetic right now? That's it, Brother Gross. Ten to one. Ten to one. Any other daughter work elder want to step into the prophetic? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! Any soul winner want to step into the prophetic? Ha-ha! <laughs> Sister Bishop into the prophetic. Ten to one. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, right now. Let's just break through. Let's break through. In the name of Jesus. Break through. Handle la 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 la
Come on, break through in your praise right now. Get out of your seat and break through with your praise right now to the prophetic. Hallelujah. Jesus, break through. 